0: And I've, so you'll see why I, God is so good to me. Um, between where we've been in our Philippians studies and, um, you know, just where the Lord has had um, just really bopping me a good one, um, I want you to see part of the scripture that we'll start with today is going to be Philippians chapter 3 and part of verse 12. This is Paul obviously speaking to the church at Philippi. Um, and those of us who have been studying together, uh, we understand the context of this. Hopefully, those of you who may not have studied for a while will get the context. So in verse 12, he says, But I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has laid hold of me. I, I didn't know, I forgot we were singing that song. But my brothers and sisters, this is this is... So good, it's so important. And man, I, I, I can't stand still. And I I, I, I <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Jesus Christ has also laid hold of me. He doesn't want to let me go. He doesn't want to let you go. Amen. It, it's going to take an effort on my part to get away. Do, you, do I really want to understand that more deeply. I, I really want to understand. And I don't know, maybe through this message, Holy Spirit, have your way, but I really want to understand that deeply. He doesn't want to let me go. I have to make an effort if I want to get away from Him. Amen. We're going to continue now in Timothy, First Timothy, chapter 6. Let us as many bondservants, this is verse 6, I'm sorry, verse 1, let as many bondservants as are under the yoke count their own masters worthy of all honor, so that the name of God and his doctrine may not be blasphemed. And those who have believing masters, let them not despise them because they are brethren, but rather serve them because those who are benefited are believers and beloved. Teach and exhort these things. I'm going to pause here for a moment. So, you know, the, the language, and, it, and, and we're so sensitive now about this bond servants and masters thing. You know, I, my brothers and sisters, you know what simply stated in our culture, in our time, in the, in the uh, culture and economic uh, system that we live in, this is just very plainly speaking to those of us who work for somebody else. That, that's what this is saying. So all of those folks, you know, it, it says whether our person that we're working for, whether they're saved or not, you know, we should we should honor them. We should appreciate, respect their position. Right? Okay, that's not always common in the workplace. It was, well, I work for this lousy person. Now, of course, Steve can't say that, but. Uh, <laughs> I work for this person who is a sinner. I work for this person who is not born again. And so, it, you know, it's just really... A, it, it may be difficult. But, but do you understand what this is saying? You know, if you go ahead and walk according to what you know, if you walk the godly life, that person then has no reason to blaspheme God. That person can't justly or... You know, that person has no excuse at all to blaspheme God. You're showing them what the character of God looks like. Are are you there? So you see that? It's very important. And then on top of that it says that if you're working for someone who happens to be born again, who happens to be a Christian, that's all the more because now you're working to the benefit of your own brother. You know, life in general would be so much better, and this is an obvious statement, if we all lived by those certain... Just this, this kind of respect for each other. If we all lived according to that, are you are you with me? What, it, things would be so much better, right? So now look at what Paul, the bishop, by Holy Spirit, is teaching the younger minister, and he's saying all of these things and and everything up to that point, right? But he says, teach and exhort these things. Teach and and you know cheer people on to do this. Amen. Now look at verse three with me. If anyone teaches otherwise and does not consent to the wholesome words, even the words of our Lord Jesus Christ, and to the doctrine which accords with godliness, he is proud, knowing nothing, but is obsessed with disputes and arguments over words, from which come envy, strife, reviling, evil suspicions, useless wranglings of men of corrupt minds, and destitute of the truth." who suppose that godliness is a means of gain, from such withdraw yourselves. Okay, let me, let me push on this just a little bit because there's a lot there, right? Okay, so anyone who, who teaches otherwise, otherwise, again, in context, according to what he's already told him so far, right? Otherwise consent. To, but look at what it says in, in addition. And not consent to the wholesome words, the words of our Lord Jesus Christ, and to the doctrine which accords with godliness. So, so watch. Okay, which church or what church would actually not uh, preach or teach a doctrine that accords with godliness? They're out there. And just because something appears to be religious or it has a form of piety, that doesn't necessarily mean that it's godly. Listen, let's, let's just for a uh, sake of illustration, let's talk about Jesus in his time, Right? When Jesus was ministering, teaching, and preaching, the, the group of people that he was the harshest to were who Christians. the the Pharisees, those who were the spiritual leaders. And one of the, th- the and, and one of the things was he said that you care more about your own traditions, the things that you've tacked onto the six hundred. It's approximately six hundred and twelve laws in the Old Testament that they should have lived by, right? So he, what Jesus is saying, you care more about the traditions and the things that you've tacked on to those than you do the actual word of, or the law of God. Right? So now watch. Again, for the sake of illustration, and I'm, please, if I'm sounding like I'm talking down to you, I'm not. I just want to make sure 100% that you understand. And, and it's for me just as much as it is for you. Okay? Could you forgive me? Okay. So now for the sake of illustration, again... In that time, who looked to be the most pious of people? It would have been the Pharisees, the scribes, right, the lawyers. Wouldn't they have appeared to be the most godly? But they weren't. According to Jesus, you're hypocrites. He called them self. He told them that they were they were liars. They were sons of their father, the devil. So now let me go back to where we were. Just because something seems like it's religious, holy, is pious, that doesn't mean that it is. Right. Okay. I, I just, and it's it's important that we know that. But now let me go on. Someone who does that—they're proud. They're obsessed with disputes and arguments over words. And and here's and look what comes out of that: envy, strife, reviling, evil suspicions. All of that comes from something that's not being taught or or um, practiced according to truth. Right? This is what these things come and grow out of that. Useless wranglings of men, of corrupt minds, destitute of truth. Now here's where I want to just hone in just a little bit on this. Who suppose that godliness is means of gain. Now, of course I can stand here and I can talk to you. And I, man, I'm so, I'm, I'm so sorry. I, I can't stop moving. I'm so sorry. Let me try to do this without the Italian. Hmm. Hang on. <laughs> So, think about it this way. Of course, I can stand here and I can just continually and talk for a while about the prosperity gospel and message. And we know that that's not of God. That's, that's definitely not of God. And so, some of you who are, may not be familiar with it, I'm just going to give you just a couple of brief sentences here. And, you know, you name it and claim it. Um, because you have faith, God, you know, if, if you truly have faith, and you're following God, and you're walking uh, correctly with God, you're going to be rich, you're going to have plenty, and all this other stuff. That's not what the Word of God says. But yet, now, let me back off of that for a minute. Because, just because you may not, and you may agree with me, you may agree with me, that it's, that's not godly. And you don't believe that. But let me ask you this. Could the same word apply to someone of course, no one in this room. Someone who says, "I have a relationship with God," and the the, in the meantime, the real motive behind their relationship with God is they they want to do they want something out of it. Uh, let me say it right. I, I call it myself because one of the things is if it's simply to escape hell, because that's what I was going to say. One of the things is I want my fire insurance. Not, now I'm not trying to be silly. And, and I'm not, you know, and I understand. It does sound, a little, it does sound a little ridiculous, especially some for some of us who have been born again for a long time. And we know we we go to him because we love him. We love him because he first loved us. We recognize something, right? And and because we recognize something, remember the message from last week. You know, we're rejecting, we're we're leaving behind that old life, the way we were, those things that we were attached to. We're leaving those because we're choosing to follow Jesus. And we're choosing to follow Jesus because He called on us. He, he first chose us. And He showed us how much He loved us and cared about us. And so we love Him. But see, not everybody does that. And because we've had all of these mixed messages in churches and doctrines, television preachers and teachers, send this and you'll get that and all this other stuff. All, so to a degree, though we may not, again... Uh, openly uh, admit that and even consciously uh, adhere to that or agree to that. But there, to some degree, I think, some of us suffer that. As long as I go to church, I get there on time, I'm going to start going on Wednesdays. Miss Michelle has... And that was totally led by Michelle. Michelle had that unction. Her and I have been talking about it and she just... So praise God and I hope you will participate you know, however you can. But, you know, if I'm going to fast because when I fast, God's going to hear me, my voice is going to be louder in heaven, or I'm going to fast because when I fast and pray, then whatever I'm praying for, I'm going to get. See, that that falls under that category, my brothers and sisters. And so, I, I, while I don't want to dissuade anybody or rain on anybody's parade as it relates to fasting and praying, absolutely, Jesus did it. And he told us that's how you do it. Isn't that correct? but now if we're simply doing that because we feel like if I'm, in, if I'm living godly, if I'm, doing, if I'm changing these lifestyles and I'm changing my conduct and I'm going to church and I'm praying and I'm fasting, I'm going to get something out of it. Come on. Right? That's, that, that's, and that's what this is speaking to, isn't it? So now let me continue in this uh, text in verse 6. Now godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into this world and it's for certain that we can carry nothing out. And having food and clothing with these we shall be content. Did you hear that? Wow! Having food and clothing we should be happy. Paul also says in another scripture he says that he found himself he found whatever state he finds himself in he's content. Whether he has a bunch or whether he has nothing, I'm content. And then that's Philippians. It's also in Philippians, it's in chapter 4. And he says in Philippians four sixteen or 13, please forgive me for not remembering the exact verse, but he says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Yes. So now again, let me hearken back just a little bit. Now because I've heard that particular uh, scripture misquoted and misapplied so many times that I can do anything because Christ is my strength. No, in context, what he's saying is, listen, I can go ahead and be happy in whatever state that I'm in. I'm in the will of God. So if I have a lot, I can deal with it. If I have a little, I'm good. Right? Why? Because Christ is the one who is empowering me. Christ is the one who is motivating me. Christ is the one who is supplying me. Are you with me? That's, that's the context of that. So those of us who are studying Philippians, we'll get there. Hallelujah. So, so, my brothers and sisters, I think that that's so important because if you think about it, and and let me just say this, because so many people would say that's one of the negatives or a major negative of capitalism. No, it's a major negative of human beings. The economic system didn't turn people greedy. People turned greedy in the garden. Are, are you there? See, I'm not making excuses for anybody or anything. and I'm not standing here trying to make a political argument for communism versus uh, socialism versus capitalism versus... No, that's that's not it. But the problem is not the the socioeconomic issue. The problem is what's in the human heart. It's a human art issue, okay? Okay, so now let me continue now. In verse 9, But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation and a snare and into many foolish and harmful lusts which drown men in destruction and perdition. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil for which some have strayed from the faith in their greediness and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. But you, oh man, but now I'm going to tell you something. I I put, I think I did, yes I did. If you'll see, I made that little note there. That You're not going to find that in your Bible, but this is for everybody. This isn't just for Timothy, and it's not just for men. This is for anybody who uh, is born again. But you, O person of God, flee these things and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, gentleness. Fight the good fight of faith. Here you go. Lay hold on eternal life. Lay hold on eternal life. Hallelujah. So, at first glance, when I look at that, do I say, okay, does that mean that it's something that's so tenuous that I've got to hang on, I've got to make sure that I'm staying saved? No! That's not what he's saying. That's not what he's saying. There's this life in Christ that we enjoy now, if we let ourselves do it. Come on, help me out here. Help me preach somebody besides Steve. Help me preach. Uh, Listen, again, let me backtrack a half a step. I'm not preaching. The human side of Tony wants a reaction. But the pastor wants you to get this and have it inside of you and have it absolutely change your life. Are you there? Okay, so forgive me, but I want to know, I want to make sure that you're hearing. Are you hearing? Are you hearing? There is an eternal life. This isn't just saying that it's because we're, we're looking forward to heaven. Am I looking forward to heaven? Absolutely. But here's the thing. He's saying lay hold of eternal life. Hang on to it. Go and grab it so that when you die you got it. No. He's saying hang on to it now. Lay hold of eternal life now. Right? This is an awesome thing. I get to live a life with Christ now. I don't have to wait until I die to have fellowship with Jesus Christ. Will it take on a different glory? Absolutely it will. No question about that. But listen, there is a life that God has already provided me by the Spirit now. And that's what He's saying. Live that now. Right? Okay, so now I want to tell you brothers and sisters, Michelle's already touched on it. I think, you know... Brother Luke has touched on it. You can't miss it now. It's all over the news. It's headlines, if you know about the Ukraine and what's going on there. And, and I don't know if, if you, many of you noticed this morning. This morning, the uh, leader, this Putin guy, is is basically threatening nukes. You know, he's got his uh, nuclear. I forgot what he calls this agency on alert. He's called them up, um, nuclear defense system or whatever he's got. Do I think he's going to press a button? Probably not. Is he doing that to intimidate people? Yes, he is. But that nevertheless, that's where we live now, right? Okay. But my brothers and sisters, it's no different than it was at any time. This is Tower of Babel. We're living in Tower of Babel times right now, where men who have power and money think that they know better than God and they're setting up these systems and they're doing these things so that they control other men. We know better. We know better. This is how it should be. Just by virtue of having, having money and power. Automatically, they know better. Isn't that what happened at the Tower of Babel? Beth- we know better. We're going to build our own tower. We're going to make it to heaven. We're going we're to build this wall. We're going we're to do all this stuff. Right? So my brothers and sisters, nope, this is not new. Solomon said, there's nothing new under the sun. This is, this is, it. we're seeing it before our eyes. But here's the thing. Because, my brothers and sisters, you are spiritual beings. Because your spirit has been made alive in Christ Jesus. You can recognize these things. You see what the scripture says, and now you look out there and you can see it. Okay, but here's the thing. What are you going to do about it? Amen. That's one of the things we can do. But now, my brothers and sisters, when this thing first started happening, my heart's breaking. And so, I, I, I admit, I mean, I want to hear, I didn't watch the news all the time, you know, 24-7, I'm working just like you. And, but I try to catch and figure, find out what's going on. And then I just, you don't know who to trust. So I went online, and I'm trying to see if anybody's posting, because for whatever reason, I expected that one of the first things that would go when they attacked would be they would lose their internet, there would be nobody to be able to get any information out. But there were people that are posting some stuff that they're filming and videoing and recording with their phones. Have, that, have any of you seen any of that? Yeah. I, I, I clicked on something. <laughs> My brothers and sisters, and this this is how it became very, very real to me. There's someone running through their house and you hear in the background a bomb a big explosion. And also then, at that moment, after that bomb bursts, I hear a toddler crying. Immediately, immediately, my heart goes to McKinley and Brindley. All I can think about is if this was happening in uh, in our area, if this was happening and my two uh, toddler granddaughters heard that bomb bursting. They don't understand. They don't know. All they know is scaring them. And, and I'm thinking, you know, Mitch, Rachel, they'll, you know, they'll be hanging on, clinging on to mom and dad, but still frightened, still so afraid, and still not be able to, maybe probably not even consolable. And the lump is rising in my throat. The tears are, are starting to collect in my eyes. And that's when it got real to me. And at that moment, my brothers and sisters, it dawned on me: we have brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus. There, there, we need to pray for them. We need to pray for them. We need to stand in the gap, my brothers and sisters. But even so, there are people who are Islamic. There are probably people who are Buddhist. It doesn't. There are atheists. In this, it doesn't matter to me who they are. They're humans. They're human beings. I saw another thing, my brothers and sisters, that it was it was just heart-wrenching. It was frightening. Uh, someone, uh, they had a blanket over someone uh, who was riding a bicycle and either caught shrapnel or, 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 or a piece of a building. whatever. Whenever this bomb hit, it took that person out. And I'm assuming it was a young person on a smaller bicycle, but you could see the, the blood coming from underneath the blanket. My brothers and sisters, I'm not trying to gross you out. And I'm not trying to, you know, provoke your emotions. But I'm saying when I see that, something stirs in me. That's a human being. And all because there are people who think that they know better. Why? Because of money and power. I've got the scripture here that says He's got all the power. He's got all the wisdom. His way is the way. Justice can only be served by him, through him, for him. That's it. Amen. But you have all of this going on. So then I was, I was really moved. Because then as time is going on, it's amazing to me because you have this army that is, you know, pro- compared to what they're facing, is minuscule. Thank God we've, in the last, before this administration, that's in now, we must have given them some armaments or something, they're using them, thank God they're, they've got some kind of defense. But think about this, my brothers and sisters, there are people who are uh, civilians, who are staying put. And they say, if you don't have guns, they're showing them how to make their Molotov cocktails. Now, I'm in no way advocating violence, that's not my point. My point is that you have people who are... You know what? I saw? I saw pictures of husbands, fathers, kissing their families goodbye because their families were going over to safety and they were going to stay and fight and defend their homes. Wow. Wow. Courage, bravery in the face of that. See, I also saw an interview of a younger person, I don't know how young, <clears throat> but I, the tone and tenor was about staying and fighting and, and all that. And basically the gist was, we're free. They've tasted freedom. They know what freedom is like. And they're not willing to give that up. They're fighting, they're hanging on, holding on to freedom. Or Now, is that tracking? We need to hold on to this eternal life that's been given to us. No, I'm not saying hold on to our salvation so we make it to heaven. No, I'm saying in the face of everything that's, every enemy that's before us, in those faces, everything that's going wrong, everything that seems like it's going to take us away, uh uh-uh, I've got eternal life in Christ Jesus right here, right now. Amen? I don't have to wait to die to experience that. I already have it. What are we willing to do to hold on to that? And I'm seeing these people just because they don't want to be taken over by this. And and you know what? They'll be in subjugation, but they'll be alive. They'll be in subjugation, but they'll have some food, maybe a house, maybe an apartment, wherever they choose to give them. Right? So I, I see all of that and I'm thinking, man, Lord, if your church was like that, Willing to stand in the face of all of this that's lined up, all of the darkness that's lined up against us, spiritually. If you're willing to stand up, hallelujah. I see those people and I just, hallelujah. They're hanging on, they got that taste. They know what that's like. And they're not going to give it up. Not without a fight. I know what it's like to walk with Christ Jesus. So I'm not going to give it up. Well, Tony, of course you're a pastor. You're you're not going to backslide. Listen, I'm tempted. You're tempted. We're all tempted. We all live in this world. And if it's not the lust of the flesh as it relates to money, uh, the opposite sex, or in this day and age, the same sex, if it's not something to do with that, uh, that, those obvious lusts that we talk about, what about just the temptation not to walk according to everything that I know? Well, see, you don't have to do that because, you know, you're, you're better than everybody else. You're, you're, you're... No, what about that? No, that's not living the eternal life. The eternal life is this thing that Jesus Christ showed me Himself when He walked the earth for three, three and a half years publicly and ministered and prayed and loved on people and then told us before He left what He expected out of His people, what His body, the church, should look like. Amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lay hold of eternal life may hold of eternal life. I don't have to go to on um, the job and compromise so I can keep my job. I don't have to go to school and necessarily, you know, uh, make sure that I'm compromising my walk with God. Otherwise, this certain group of friends won't want to be my friend anymore. I don't have to compromise and go ahead and agree with whatever this professor says regarding uh, atheism versus Christianity. I don't have. Are, are you? Uh, come on. Is this tracking with anybody? I don't have to do that. Why? I'm hanging on to this eternal life. I've already got it. I live by something different. I breathe different air. Spiritually. Those folks in Ukraine have breathed free air. And they're not willing to give it up. I breathe spiritually free air with the Lord Jesus Christ and I'm not giving it up for anybody or anything, not even myself, not even my own flesh. Come on! Hallelujah. I see those people and I'm I'm inspired. I'm saddened. My heart is broken. But look at what they're willing to do. Look at what they're willing to say goodbye to their children. Can you imagine... Mitch, can you imagine that? Any of you who have children, grandchildren? Can you imagine that? I'm willing to say goodbye so that I can fight this good fight. He's saying, fight the good fight of faith. Hold on. See, this holding on obviously requires a fight. See, now we're going to get to the good part. And you're not going to think it's the good part. But do you understand? The holding on part is all a part of fighting this good fight of faith. I only get to hold on because I'm in this fight. These people... this this. This illustration that I've given you it should be so obvious to us when we see these people willing to fight, but now on a spiritual level, am I fighting this good fight, or am I just hanging on and thinking that I'm holding on to salvation, but in the, in the or this eternal life? But I, you know, it's really about me being saved, and I'm hanging on. But am I really hanging on? If I'm not fighting, no, you can't be. You've got to be fighting this good fight by faith. It's this good fight of faith by faith. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Tony, everybody in this room knows that. So many people that are watching online, we all know that. Do we? Do we? Again, think about this realization, this illustration, and I'm going to keep bringing it up. Forgive me. Think about that. What they're willing to walk away from and what they're willing to do. What about those soldiers who were on that island I'm I'm hearing about? Maybe maybe some of you, there's this island that's a part of uh, Ukraine. Is it Snake Island? Snake Island? Is that what it was? Thank you, Mitch. Snake Island. And there were like 13, so I think, if I get this wrong a little bit, don't write me any letters. I'm just... I don't really read and, and do a whole lot of it. I'm just catching little bits and pieces. So anyway, they were met by a destroyer, a Russian destroyer at this island, and they told them to just give up. And they used colorful language and told them where they can go because they ain't giving up. And gave up their lives for this little snake island. They were willing to stand and fight the good fight. And their, what their fight was for this freedom... For this land, not to be in subjugation to these people, but in the land that they've grown up in, the land that was theirs, quote-unquote. They're willing to fight this good fight. In the Listen, in the face of absolute destruction, I'm going to fight the good fight. Of, and so, what, look at what we're fighting for. We're not fighting for something that's temporal. We're fighting for something that's eternal, something that's supernatural, with supernatural. And, we, and here we are, are we, are we fighting? Or are we just hanging on, thinking that we're hanging on to what we're going to get after we leave this body? No, that's not, living, that's not living by faith. That's not fighting the fight of faith. Fighting the fight of faith means all of those things that I said just a little while ago. Not being willing to compromise on your job to get the the promotion. you know, Giving up that next raise just because you know it's going to take more time away from your family. Giving up something, walking away from those people who always tear you down because now I've got to get away. Well, if I stay with them, then maybe I can save them. No, that's not how it works. That's not how it works. If you're stumbling when you're hanging around with those people, get away from them. Amen? Remember the message last week. you got to be willing to walk away from something and then learn how to do good. Right? Hallelujah. I feel like you're subdued. This is, this is, this is not a, a doom and gloom message, y'all. This is awesome. This is awesome. So when I see those people in the natural, willing to stand up for something that's temporal, and give up their children and their families in the face of certain death. And then I have a bunch of Christians, and even me myself, born again, who may be or maybe not willing to fight the good fight. This is, man, that's encouraging. They're fighting for something temporal. We're fighting for the eternal. Oh, and by the way, that power that raised him from the dead, Romans, is now in me, in you. We have a power. Hallelujah. A supernatural power. Even though it doesn't seem like it, even though sometimes we don't feel like it, it doesn't matter how we feel. That's just the body. Yes. Th- yep, that's, that's what we're going to have to deal with here. But we, that's why we put up the dukes, baby. Yes. Where's my boxing gloves? They're in the office. <laughs> put up the dukes, baby. And you fight the fight of faith. Amen. Not going by what you see. Not even being intimidated when that, sh- that destroyer is sitting there and you only got 13 of you and they got a whole bunch with all kind of weapons and all kind of stuff that can take you down? No! I'm not going to use no four-letter words, you see, but I'm going to say No! Here's where I stand. Christ Jesus is my Lord. He is the King of kings. He is the Lord of lords. He is the owner of everything you see and even the things you don't see. So you may go ahead and have a little bit of a victory party right now, but at the end, I win! Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Fight the good fight of faith. Be willing to give up. Just because you're not getting what you want, but I've prayed for this for so long and now I can't get Okay. You still have Jesus. Amen. You, Lord. He'll never leave you or forsake you. Thank you. Yeah, but... Uh, okay, no. First of all, if you're being led by your butt, again, you're going the wrong way. Yeah, but... No, no, listen. Yeah, but I've been praying for this. Yeah, but I want this. And Jesus said, He's, he's promised me. No, listen. He, he, here, here's the great thing. I, I, I've lived a long time I gave you a chance. Thank God. I've lived a long time and when I was raising my kids, I wanted to give them things. But did I say yes every time my kids asked me for something? Those of you who are raising kids now, just because your kid wants something, do you give it to them? No. They're, they don't understand that this can hurt them. Yeah, but I don't want to... Okay, so now, should we be like children as teenagers in Christ or... Uh, mature in Christ or babies in Christ and say, well, I'm praying for this and He's going to bless me. No, He's not going to bless you with something that He knows is going to go ahead and tear you down. It's going to lead to your own destruction. No is the an answer sometimes and no is a good answer sometimes. I'm so glad He didn't give me, give me everything I, that I've ever asked for. That was uncalled for, Luke. I'm just going to... No, but, but think about it. You know why? Because He knows. He's experienced it. There's this... Listen... Listen, honestly, because when I'm asking, I'm asking according to the knowledge that I have. Yes. And what seems right to me, there's a way that seems right unto a man, but the end thereof leadeth unto his destruction. Read the Proverbs. Yes. There's a way that looks seems right to me. It's good, it's good, this is a good thing. No, no, no. God knows what, that ha- what happens behind that. Yes. Amen? So no matter what you've been praying for, no, no matter what you've been believing for, quote, unquote, yes. listen... Follow Jesus. Fight the good fight of faith, and even when it's not going your way, keep fighting. (laughs) Ali shuffle, baby, the greatest of all times. My my, my brothers and sisters, listen. I'm I'm not trying to be funny. I'm trying to make sure that I've got your attention. We need to fight. Amen. Amen. Let this. Here's here's the thing, too. The enemy tries to use fear. Fear is a huge motivator. So now there are going to be people that are going to be making decisions and now here's, here's what I love. I, I, I realize now i just take just taken a different turn but I'm going in the same place. I'm just so excited right now. Fear being the motivator and then other people, listen, taking advantage of your fear. I love the way people in our country, our politicians and some of our leaders, don't write me any letters and don't talk to me after the message I don't care if you're Republican, I don't care I don't care either want to assign blame or talk about what they know and they know nothing compared to him They want to talk and explain and this and that and they know better or claim the moral high ground. Let me ask you something. How in the world can anybody, any of our leaders, claim moral high ground when we are suffering in a climate of immorality in our own country? How can... How can... That's not the same thing, Tony. It is the same thing. You cannot be morally high than the next guy just because you feel like your sins or the things that you've done or your violations don't uh, match theirs. (laughs) Immorality is immorality. And guess what? The only morality that counts is that which God has ordained. Well, that's the truth. The only morality, there's, there, the only virtue, the only morality is that which is instilled by God. That which is God-inspired. That which is God-dictated. Period. Amen. That's it. So again, let's go back to where we are now. We have all of these men who have a lot of money, or women. It's not just men. It's anybody. All these people that have a lot of money and they have power, and by virtue of that, think that they know better than everybody else, and they know what is right. And that's what they're going to impose on everybody else. Yep. Fight the good fight. Now, I'm not saying, take up your arms. I'm not saying, go get your pitchfork and march on Washington. Or I'm not saying, get on the next plane, train, whatever, and go over and help them fight in uh, the Ukraine. That's not what I'm saying. See, I, I'm, a, I'm a representative of the Most High God. Yes. And what I'm saying is, let's put on the spiritual gloves. Yes. Let's, put on, let's fight the good fight of faith. And so now in the days ahead, when we hear things like, oh, the nuclear alarm is going off or whatever, I have no fear. Yes. Am I concerned? Sure. But I am not... The, the, the Scripture says, I will not fear what man could do to me. Mm-hmm. And I think that was one of the things that uh, Luke, our brother Luke mentioned uh, in his, before his prayer. Mm-hmm. One of the things that we can't control is what people think of us, and that's one of the things that we worry about. So whether it's on a small scale, a small level, with the people that are in your atmosphere, and if you don't do this, they're going to think less of you. If you do that, they're going to think less of you. That's again, giving man power over you. That's not fighting the fight. Know what fighting the fight means? That means you go up to them, and no, it doesn't mean you go up to them and rip a new one. It doesn't mean that. What it means is, I'm going to obey God. I'm going to tell you the truth in love, whether you're a Christian or not, I'm going to, but I'm going to obey God. Hey, well, what about this? What are you? I, I'm sorry. Yeah, but you used to. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm not doing that no more. The Lord has changed my heart. And they want to argue with you? Man, I really don't want to argue with you. I love you. Peace. See you. Right? Whatever the situation is, Is this tracking with anybody? (laughs) Hallelujah. I'm going to go back to Philippians in chapter 3, verse 12, where we were, not that I have already attained or am already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Jesus Christ has also laid hold of me. Remember, I'm fighting this good fight of faith and laying hold of eternal life. Brethren, I don't count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind, reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Very familiar to all of us, and we've been there ourselves, both in the recent past and, you know, long time past, right? But my brothers and sisters, now in the context of where we are, this is the Apostle Paul saying, look, he's, reaching, he's grabbing hold. He's, he's holding on for, those, for what Jesus has held on to him. And he's still going after something else. There's more. See, I, I, you know one of these um, good time preachers wrote a book, in it, and I think it was titled, There's More. And I think the concept was, you know, we can have more things. There's more blessings and there's more. Is there? Yeah, there absolutely is. However, I'm not chasing the blessing I'm chasing the blessed sir. And what I find out is the more I chase him, the more I find out, he's got me. Amen. And when listen, and when I'm fi- when I'm grabbing hold of him and I'm chasing him, something happens on the inside of me. And I'm moving from glory to glory. And those friends that I really that I longed for before, I don't long for them anymore. I still pray for them. I don't want that dope that I used to smoke guess what I'm not in, I'm not interested in that anymore that alcohol that I used to drink guess what I'm not, I don't care about that anymore why Jesus is living inside of me I'm being empowered and I'm being influenced by him holy spirit now is getting me drunk holy spirit now is motivating me holy spirit now is energizing me come on and now all of a sudden, I can speak the Word of God. I can memorize words. Hey, I, I, you know, someone asked me a question and I just came out with it. Man, I, I didn't even realize that I memorized that scripture. What? Well, it's the power of God inside of you. Now you're fighting the good fight of faith. Engage. Well, I'm in shy. I'm embarrassed. I've got family members who are going to make fun of me. There we go. That's not fight. That's, that's why it's a fight. You've got to fight your own flesh. Come on. you, you got to say, hey, I'm willing to go ahead and, do, and part from them family members that really want to keep me here. I want them... Listen, let me ask you something. If you love them so much, don't you want them saved? If you really know that there is a God and He is awesome... And you really know that there's a wrath that's going to come upon the face of the thir- this earth. And if you don't even want to think about that, you just want to think about the rapture, and you know that He's going to split the sky someday, don't you want them to go if you love them? If you care about them so much that you care about what they think of you, don't you care about them enough to want them saved? Come on! How are they going to get saved if you don't live saved? How are they going to get saved when you say that you have Jesus and you're willing to compromise? Uh-oh. See, again, I, I know this sounds so bad like I'm trying to condemn somebody. I'm not trying to condemn anybody. This is fight, man. We've got to fight the good fight of faith. We've got to lay hold of eternal life. I'm laying hold of eternal life and everything that and everything that, that brings. And what does that bring? My children are going to be saved. My grandchildren are going to be saved. Hallelujah! Come on! Again, so good to be with you Methodists here this morning. (laughs) That's awesome stuff. I'm up here sweating. You guys are out there. Well, if you're just enjoying it, go ahead and enjoy it. But I'm hoping that you're taking it in. God, pierce the darkness. God, pierce the hearts. God, help us. Father, please, renew us in the spirit of our minds. Father, give us some fight. Let us leave here not angry, let us leave here not with wrath, let us leave here not with dissension, not with an intention to bring harm, but Father let us leave here more determined than ever before, Father to live according to the will, your will, that those who would see us would see you, in Jesus name, amen, amen, don't get excited, the service is not over, I'm going to 1 Corinthians now. 1 Corinthians. Now remember the tone and tenor where we've been in Philippians. And those of you who are with me on Wednesdays, we've already covered this a little bit. But let's just see what the Holy Spirit does today. In verse 24, verse 9, beginning in verse 9 of 1 Corinthians, I'm sorry, beginning in chapter 24, verse of, of, of I'm, sorry. I'm sorry. Chapter 9, verse 24. Thank you, Jesus. 1 Corinthians. Do you not know that those who run a race all run, but one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may obtain it. And everyone who competes for the prize is temperate in all things, disciplined in everything. You're moderated in everything. Now, they do it to obtain a perishable crown, something that's temporal. But we, for an imperishable crown, we're doing it for something that's eternal. Therefore, I run thus, not with uncertainty. What does that mean? I know. How do I know? Faith. God told me. I have faith in God. I have faith in the Word of God. I have a relationship with Jesus and I'm not running this race by myself. So I, I am certain. Thus I fight. Not as one who beats the air. I'm not shadow boxing. I'm not just throwing wild punches aimlessly. But I discipline my body and bring it into subjection. Lest when I have preached to others, I myself should become disqualified. Now, I want to address those because some people hear my, and they criticize me greatly for saying that the Apostle Paul wasn't perfected, perfected yet. And they say that only means because he was um, not, uh, didn't receive his spiritual body. He hadn't died yet and seen Jesus face to face. No, it's more than that. Paul knew. I'm not saying Paul suffered sin just like us and he was a sinner. No, what I'm saying is Paul knew there was more. How did he know that? How did he know? Because he was still here. So he knew there was more. And he even confessed it. Remember before he said, man, I'm, I'm caught between the two. You know, for me, it's better if I go. But for you, it's better if I stay. Didn't he say that? Luke, help the brother out. Amen. He said that. He knew there was more. So he said, man, I still got to fight. So you, he, look at what he's saying. Man, you got to run the race like you're the only one that if you don't win, if you don't pass that finish line first, you ain't getting nothing. That's how you live this life with this intention, with listen, listen, deliberately, with this moderation and discipline. Discipline, what does that mean? Oh, I can't do this, I gotta do this. No! Just live according to Jesus. Live according to the Spirit of God in you. Live according to what you know. Isn't that right? Okay, so now, behavior modification. You always said, Tony, there's no behavior modification. There is no behavior modification. It's a changed heart. It's a changed life. I'm, I'm intentional now. I'm following after Jesus who loves me because I love Him. Come on. That's the motivation not to go ahead and turn back and do those other things that I used to do. Amen. Okay, so now let me go ahead I digress. I know. But you know why? Because there's always going to be somebody to criticize and say something I didn't say. Isn't that amazing? So, let me continue. I discipline my body bringing this projection, but, look, but, but why is he doing all of that? That's part of this fight. See, and, and look at what he's saying. He's saying, "I'm doing these things." Listen, not with maybe, maybe not. I'm certain. I know it. I know it. Yes. Listen, we don't have to think, well, well maybe, let me, you know, I wonder what it's going to be like, I mean, if I die, do I really go right to heaven? Yeah. Question. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Amen. Scripture. Well yeah, Tony, but that's just, because they wrote that because they don't want anybody to really think that they're going to be just in the ground and there's not. No scripture says that I have faith in that so now watch it's not just because it sounds good it's not just because it's something that I want to believe and it lets me live my life a little bit more comfortably I don't have to fear death no he said it I believe it I don't even have to think about it no more I don't have to listen there's no uncertainty in this so now when everything else says something else and science says everything else come on let's go let's go are you with me? And I'm doing this, not uncertain. I'm doing this with confidence. I'm doing this with confidence. Why? God said so. It's all I need. Yeah, but nope. Forget the but. God said so. That's all I need. Amen? Amen. Alright. So and he's saying so now if, if Paul was saying anything else other than he has to go ahead and continue to hold on and chase and run and, and continue that 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 same vim and vigor That same attitude of just being absolutely driven to it, right? If he was already there, then why would he say, I discipline my body and bring it into subjection, lest when I have preached to others, I myself should be disqualified? Mm -hmm. How in the world can I get in the pulpit and say all this stuff and then live otherwise? Because then I would become disqualified. And I shared with the group on Wednesday night that word disqualified comes from the same word in Romans, reprobate. Done. That's done. All right? So now let's go back to Philippians 3 and then I'll be done. In for 13, Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Verse 15. Therefore, let us as many as are mature have this mind. So that means those of us who have been in Christ and we have a little bit uh, more spiritual maturity, make sure we're all in the same mind. What? One mind, one accord. We're all together in this, right? And in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal even this to you. So if you're not there yet, if you're continuing to follow God, He's going to reveal it to you. You're going to be there. Somebody tell me that I just made that up. I dare you. That's what He's saying. He's saying if you're not there yet, you keep th- you keep chasing God. That's implied here. If you're If you're... If you're chasing God if you're following after Christ it will be revealed to you you're going to know this right if you're not if your mind isn't there yet keep keep following God keep chasing God it'll be there okay uh, you said yep nevertheless verse 16 to the degree that we have already attained let us walk by the same rule let us be of the same mind are you there what you already know Put it to use. You already are armed and dangerous. You already are armed and dangerous. The enemy who is going to try to take you over can't take you over. You are already. You keep fighting, and it may look like you've been taken over. Well, it's nothing. It ain't over. It ain't over, and it ain't going to be no fat lady singing. It's going to be an angel blowing a trumpet. It ain't over. When that trumpet sounds, all over for Tony. (laughs) Because that's when I'm going to be perfected. That's when I'm going to see my Savior, my Lord, my God, face to face. How about you? Stand with me, please. Hallelujah. So glad Tori Beth is back. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So look, let's be real. Let's be real. You know that there's this thing, whatever this thing is, whether it's fear, whether it's this this breakdown in your own morality, whatever it is, listen, give it to God. This is part of the fight. God Listen. I want to tell you honestly, and I'm going, to, I'm going to speak to some people out there as well. I'm telling you honestly. There are many of you that should be in a different place than you are right now, but you've gotten comfortable. You've gotten comfortable. You've got your house. You've got you know. You've got your physical uh, life kind of taken care of. You're comfortable in your physical life. You got the good house. You got the car. You got whatever. You got a lot of things. You got some friends. Got some boyfriends got some girlfriends, got, got, you know, you're pretty popular, blah, 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 so on and so forth. How's your spiritual life? Are you hanging on to eternal life? And I'm not talking about are you saved? Are you going to go to heaven if you die right now? Will you? But more, see, more germane to what we're talking about today, what the Lord is bringing us today, we, all, we have this life now. And are you living that life now? When that what, Let's just say, for the sake now of further discussion and illustration, let's just say the Soviet Union, or whoever they are, Russia, takes over the whole country of Ukraine. There are still going to be people in that country who, as far as they're concerned, they're living by a whole different standard and a whole set of... Right? That's what we're saying. We're strangers in a strange land. This life that I'm living. Yeah, I'm an American citizen and I thank God that I'm an American citizen. I'm thanking God for this country. We need to thank God for our leaders and pray for our leaders no matter what side you are on. All of that is true and it's all important and it's all pertinent. And that's also fighting the good fight of faith. And I'm glad that of all of that is true about me. But more than that. I am a citizen of the kingdom of God. Amen. And ultimately, that's the rule, that's the order that I live by. Man of God, flee these things. Person of God, flee these things. Pursue righteousness, godliness, right? Isn't that what it is? Pursue righteousness, godliness, patience, faith, love, meekness, meekness, Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold of eternal life. If you need a good burst of energy, you know that God, listen. you know that you've let God down as it relates to some of these things that you've looked back upon. You're not where you should be. Go to Him now. Let's pray together. But you pray to Him. Ask Him. If you need to come down here, I'd love for you to come down here. But let's pray. Father, in Jesus name, there are people in this room, there are people that are watching and listening online. Father, we hear you. Father, we long to be those people that are living the eternal life now that' are holding on to eternal life now. Nevertheless, Lord, we've messed up in certain ways. Lord, we confess to you now, in church, people watching. Whatever it is, if you say it under your breath, you can say it out loud, but if you want to say it under your breath, confess it. Confess it. That's how you get rid of it. That's fighting the fight of faith. Confess it. Father, we commit to you all of these things. We ask, Lord Jesus, that you would put it under your blood. All of these things that were mentioned. And we thank you, Lord, for your forgiveness. And we truly, Lord, want to walk away from these things. But, Lord, we need your power. We need your presence. So we're we're asking, Lord, and thanking you for your grace and mercy. And, Father, help us in our walk as we continue to walk away from those things, and continue to walk with you. Holy Spirit, thank you for being our helper, for being our comforter, for being this promise that we need so greatly from our Father. Thank you. And we ask you, Holy Spirit, help us to hear you more clearly. Give us an unction. Stir us on the inside. Keep us stirred so that we will Put on our spiritual boxing gloves, as it were. And continue to fight this good fight of faith. We give you all the honor and the glory and the praise. Thanking you now, Lord, that when we walk out of here, we're going to be different than when we came in. It's in your great name, Jesus. Amen? Amen. Amen. Amen.